You know, today is one of the sweetest Sundays of the year. And one of the reasons why it is one of the sweetest Sundays is that it's the fifth Sunday of a month. And on the fifth Sunday of a month, we give our service totally over to remembering and celebrating the cross and partaking of communion together. What a great thing it is to remember. And as you hear those hammer hits coming, to remember that Jesus Christ did that for you. And you know, uh, it's a, a sweet Sunday, not only because it's Communion Sunday, but also it's Thanksgiving Sunday. And if there ever was a, a Sunday that we ought to, in a special way, express our gratitude to the person of Christ for what he did and his love for us, this would be that kind of a Sunday. So I'm looking forward to our time together. You know, two weeks ago, before we did a couple of marriage conferences in, in California, when we were last together, when I was with you, um, we worked through a message entitled Probing the Cross, where we went into some detail about the significance of what Christ did. We went back and relived some of the events from the gospel account. And uh, we pointed out then that when you talk about the cross, it's not just a message of Christianity. It is the message of biblical Christianity. And there's great value, even for those of us who have known Christ and trusted in the cross and his work on the cross many years ago, there's great value for us to revisit it. And that's part of the reason why Jesus instituted the Lord's table. It's our opportunity to revisit the cross, to go back there and to revel in all that he did for you and for me. And I believe there's great benefit. I think that's part of the reason why Jesus planned it that way. He knew that there would be a benefit, a twofold benefit for us to go back and to revisit and revel in the cross. And the first benefit that we get is it's an opportunity for us to reinvigorate our joy. And we need that from time to time because life tends to beat us down. And we can find our joy having escaped from the forefront of our thinking. And also when we revisit and revel in the cross, it's an opportunity to rekindle our worship because the story of the cross is the most amazing story in all of the world that the Creator God loves us enough to become a man to die. So that's our, our goal in the next few moments together before we gather around the Lord's table is to revisit and to revel in the cross and allow it to reinvigorate our joy and to allow it to rekindle our worship. I'd like to invite you to take your Bible and turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Now, if you don't have a Bible, there should be one under a chair in front of you, and you could take that Bible, and in the back portion of that, turn to page 138, and you would find yourself at 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Now, when Paul writes this chapter, he is writing it to a church of followers of Jesus, but 
people who needed to be reminded of what Christ had done for them. And so he says, you need to remember about the message that I brought to you. Notice chapter 15, verse 1. He says, now I make known to you, brethren, brothers and sisters, the gospel the message of the cross which I preached to you, which also you received, in which also you stand, by which also you are saved or delivered, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. And he says, let's just go back over this again. Let's remind ourselves. Let's revisit it. And he summarizes it so clearly, beginning in verse 3, and he says, For I delivered to you as of first importance. It's the top priority. It is the key message. It is the central issue. It's what it's all about. It's all about the cross and what Jesus did. I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. That is what it's all about, men and women, that Jesus Christ, of first importance, died for our sins. He gave up his life for you and for me. And he was raised on the third day as the Scriptures teach. That's what we want to do for the next few moments. We want to, again, revisit this. We want to revel in it for a little while. And when we do that, it will reinvigorate our joy. And you might say, well, how does that work when you go back and you look at the fact that he died in your place? How does that reinvigorate our joy? Well, what it really means is that we because of what Christ has done, are now free from our failures. We are free from our shortcomings. We are free from our sins. And men and women, we need to remember that and we need to be encouraged by that. Even this last week, if we took time, even anonymously, we could list on a board some amazing failures that have happened, some amazing shortcomings we have had. And the truth of the matter is, is when we look at the cross, we realize that we're free from those things. We are free from our sins of commission and our sins of omission. And those are historical terms that are used to describe sins of commission would be sins that we did. Sins of omission would be things that we failed to do that we should have done. And because of the cross of Christ, we are free from those things. And we are free from guilt. I don't know of anything that can disrupt a life of joy more than guilt. And because of what he did for you and for me, we are free from our failures and free from our shortcomings, free from our sins, and we are free from our guilt. If you would, turn in the middle of your Bible to Psalm number 103. Psalm 103 is one of my favorite psalms in the Bible, a great source of encouragement. If you 
need your joy reinvigorated, this is a psalm for you. Psalm 103, and uh, by the way, it's subtitled, Praise for the Lord's Mercies. But I want you to notice in particular verse 10. And by the way, one of the things when you're reading through this it's helpful to do is just to change the pronouns a little bit. Instead of us, it can be me. Instead of our, it can be my. Notice what it says of God because of what Christ has done. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. He has not dealt with me according to my sins, nor rewarded me according to my iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. As high as the heavens are above the earth. It's not just heaven. It's not just the clouds that we see. It's heavens. It's the multiple heavens that the Bible talks about. It's like saying as far out in outer space as we can go, and we can see way out there, millions of light years, as high as the heavens are above the earth. That's how great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, you have the east here, you have the west there. And as far as they are from one another, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So far has he removed my transgressions from me. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord God has compassion on those who fear him. See, when you just refocus and revisit the cross and you revel in it a little bit, it will reinvigorate our joy. He doesn't deal with us according to our sins. He doesn't in any way keep our transgressions hanging over our head. He extends to us compassion because of what Christ did on the cross for us. That's important. That is so, so important for us to know. You know what that means? It means that even when, and we want to be transparent here, I mean, even when I doubt his care for me, I even begin to doubt that he really cares for me, even then, he doesn't hold that over my head. He frees me from those attitudes that I might have. Even when my thoughts go to dark places, and all of us have had our thoughts go to dark places, even then, he frees us from that. Even when we're just completely frustrated and impatient with circumstances and we begin to think, God, you're not really what you ought to be, he doesn't hold that over our heads. He frees us from that. And even when we're just way down, 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 and, and real discouraged, as if he didn't even exist, as if he didn't love us, as, as if he didn't die for us, he doesn't hold that over our heads either. 
And even when we take a wrong turn in life, and every one of us, if you're old enough at least, at some point or another took a wrong turn in life, and because of the cross, he doesn't hold that against us. And it says here very clearly that he has compassion on those who fear him. Why is there compassion? It goes right back to the cross. It goes right back to what Christ has done. And you can begin to see when we go back and we re revisit this that the cross is the source of great joy. So as we anticipate taking the Lord's table together, basically uh, my appeal would be come to the cross and have your joy renewed. When we have an opportunity to revisit the cross, to remind ourselves of the cross, and to revel in the greatness of his death in our place, it not only will allow us to reinvigorate our joy, it will allow us to rekindle our worship. And you know what? I have need of that in my life. When you come to the cross, one of the effects of that is it allows us to take our eyes off ourself and to put them back on Christ. And I, 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 I'm, I don't know for sure about you. I suspicion this is true of you because it's true of me. You see, I have this tendency to keep my eyes on myself. I, I have this tendency to become riveted on the circumstances that I'm experiencing in life. And you know what happens to us when we do that? Do you know what happens when we follow this tendency to focus on ourselves and to focus on our circumstances? What do we tend to do? We, we tend to start whining we tend to start complaining. And if we whine and we complain long enough, we can find ourselves wallowing in self-pity. Oh, woe is me. All of life is bad. It's so easy to go there, isn't it? And I just want to encourage you today, whatever your current circumstances may be, and I know that some of us are, are going through difficult times for various difficult reasons, but I don't know everybody's story. But I do want you to know this. Whatever your circumstances may be, the cross is a great cause for celebration in your life and mine. You see, because of the cross, because of what Christ has done for us, there is nothing, and I mean nothing, that can ever separate us from the love of Christ. I want you to turn with me in the New Testament, past the four Gospels and past the book of Acts, to the book of Romans in chapter number 8. And in the section we want to read, Paul is in essence celebrating 
the truth that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And the reason why is because of what he has done for us and what he accomplished on the cross. And I want you to notice he asks a question in verse 35 of Romans chapter 8 when the question is, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or perils that we may fall into or sword do it? And Paul had experienced many of those kinds of things, and that's why he says in verse 36, for as it is written, your sake we are being put to death all day long, and we were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. When we experience all those negative things, is it going to separate us from the love of Christ? He says, no, but in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us who died on the cross for us and gave his life for us. And then he says in verse 38, he says, I am convinced, and these are, this is a formidable list of things, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, all those spiritual forces, nor things present that we face, nor things to come, nor powers anywhere on earth, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing in all of the universe will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, when we take a fresh look at the cross, it's an opportunity to rekindle our worship because of what he did. It means we will never, ever, ever ever be separated from the love of God for us. You know what the cross is really saying to you? It's God saying to you, you are special to me. You are so very special to me. I loved you enough to give up my life for you. I recall hearing about um, an individual who had been a believer for a number of years and they found themselves sitting through a rather long explanation of the cross a long explanation of the gospel. Why was the gospel necessary? What was the, the heart of what the gospel message was all about and how it was about Christ who died and what salvation involves and, and how it involves uh, our response of faith to trust in the person of Christ. And so they were sitting through this rather long explanation of the cross and salvation. And they said as they were reflecting on that, you know what, that really dragged on a long time. That was, that was pretty boring actually because you know it's all stuff that I already know. And you know my response 
that is my friend. My friend. This is the most amazing story in all of the universe. And every time we hear it, it's an opportunity to worship God in a fresh way. It ought to be the most exciting thing to sit through because it's the amazing story of his love. One of the great old hymns was written by Charles Wesley. He wrote it in 1738. The one I have in mind is the the hymn, And Can It Be? And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me, for me who caused his pain, for me who him to death pursued. Amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Tis mystery all. The immortal dies. Who can explore his strange design? In vain the firstborn seraph tries to sound the depths of love divine. Tis mercy all, let earth adore, let angels' minds inquire no more. He left his Father's throne above, so free, so infinite his grace, emptied himself of all but love and bled for Adam's helpless race. Tis Mercy all, immense and free. For, oh my God, it found out me. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. No condemnation now I dread. Jesus, and all in him, is mine. Alive in him, my living head, and clothed in righteousness divine. Bold I approach the eternal throne, and claim the crown through Christ, my own. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? It is the most amazing story ever. And when we revisited, men and women, it is an opportunity to reinvigorate our joy and to rekindle our worship. That's why it's so special. 
And I need that, and you need that. Now, I'm going to, in a moment, just lead us in some prayer. And what we're going to do this morning is we're going to begin with some time of reflection. Some time, just a few moments between you and God, between you and the Savior. And, and I want you to just be turning over in your mind and thinking of those hammer hits that were for you and allow that just to invade your life again, to reinvigorate your joy and to rekindle your worship. So it may mean that there's some time of some confession that needs to take place. It may simply be some time of worshiping the Lord, but I want you to take a few moments before we actually approach the Lord's table to do that. So let me lead us in prayer, and then we'll just have some time of quiet reflection, and then we will explain how we will have the Lord's table together. So pray with me, please. Father, we just thank you for a Sunday like this, because sometimes we're just buzzing our way through life and we forget the greatest story that has ever been told. That when we think about it for a little while, indeed should bring some tears to our eyes because of the tenderness of the story of a God who loved me, who gave himself for me. Thank you for the opportunity we have now before we partake of the table together just to commune with the living Savior, maybe to make some things right with you, certainly just to honor you and to worship you. Thank you for this special day that gives us the opportunity to do this as we now reflect and connect with you. In Jesus' name, amen.